0: My guest today is Andrew Fortune, the owner at Great Colorado Homes. Welcome Andrew. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Nate.
0: Yeah. So um, can you tell me a little bit about your business and how you got into it?
1: Uh, So I became a realtor, I would say eight and a half, almost nine years ago uh, in Houston, Texas. And uh, my wife and I were working on investment properties back then. And uh, I had the worst luck with realtors. (laughs) So um, after meeting multiple realtors and trying to get properties in the contract, I I even had some where I'd say, Hey, I want you to put this offer together for me. Let's try to get this house. I call my agent the next day and say, Hey, did they accept your offer? And I had twice, I had them say, "Uh, actually, I forgot to put that offer in. (laughs) It was that bad. And uh, my wife had worked in title company. She worked at Stewart title in Houston for many years. And um, she had always tried to talk me into getting into real estate because she told me that she had had so many bad experiences. And and then when I started having the bad experiences myself, I believed her. (laughs) And then I said, you know what? I just need to get my license so that I can bypass realtors and then be able to buy and sell homes on my own. And then once I did that, I started having people ask me to help them. And then it just kind of became a job to be a realtor. Um, And now... Now I don't sell as much. I, I uh, run great Colorado homes, and uh, I have uh, six agents who work for me who do most of the transactions. I'd sell maybe four or five a year. Um, this year we'll probably sell about 50 million, about 150 homes.
0: What was it like restarting a brokerage in a new state? Oh, it's crazy. It's a, uh, so you know, I, I do most of
1: our business online, so that if it wasn't for the Internet, I could never pull it off. Um, I started I built great Colorado homes while I was in Texas and I was just working on content and trying to boost the domain name um, for about a year before I got here. And then by the time I so I was sending the leads I was getting from my website to agents here and just getting referrals off of them. So by the time I moved here, I had a pipeline of work, uh, but it was still real nerve wracking, you know, to take a business that was working in Texas to shut it down. Uh, we had some rental properties there, and we sold all those off, and just severed everything, and started from scratch in Colorado. It's kind of a crazy move, uh, but we pulled it off. That was about three, uh, about three and a half years ago.
0: Wow! So you talked about some of the strategies you used to build the website. What other things did you do, both in preparation and then once you got to Colorado? Uh,
1: you know, my attention was on my domain name. It was just still is. I mean, I, I basically put most of my attention on how do I build a brand? How do I get domain authority? Um, how do I get Google to like me? And so from the beginning, that was, that was where I put all my attention. So I just started learning to blog, uh, learning to create content, learning to create graphics, learning to, uh, how to navigate the social media space. Um, and just trying to figure out what works. So that's that's really where my time was spent. And then when I got here, I spent a lot of time closing transactions just because I needed the money to, to get the company started. And now this year, I don't do as much of that. I'm back to getting up behind the computer and kind of monitoring our online uh, footprint, if you will.
0: So a lot of agents will say, oh, I don't have any time to... To both be building content and also out there selling, or they, they'll say, Yeah, you know, I, I like to just go meet people rather than working on something that's impersonal like the internet or, or social media. So, can you talk a little bit about what your day to day looks like, how you're able to pull it off? Well, uh, yeah, to speak to agents that say that, in my day to day,
1: I was uh, closing around 40 homes a year while I was building this company online at nighttime. Um, so, I mean, really, you just got to suck it up as an agent and figure it out. Because at the end of the day, uh, you, can, you can meet people in closed transactions. But once that transaction's closed, now you're out finding somebody else. So you're unemployed again until you have another transaction. And in order to not be unemployed again, you have to have a business that can run if you disappear. And in order to pull that off, you're going to have to have an online presence, period. I don't know any other way to do it without having an online presence. So my day-to-day, my day-to-day is different. Every, every freaking day is different. Uh, yesterday, I was spending four hours on a video for a part of town that we're trying to um, create content for just to get more uh, clicks and noticeability in that area. Um, just before I got on the phone call with you, I was on the phone call with one of my agents for about an hour going through an inspection objection form. So I don't know that I even have two days out of the year that look the same. (laughs) I really don't have a regular day to day. It is just is a pile of stuff that I want to get done. And some days I work on one part of it. Some days I work on another part.
0: You're doing a lot of stuff to build your brand online. And at the same time, there's always lots of changes happening between uh, the Google algorithm changing. Facebook's changing. Buying habits are changing. Where do you see the, the future of real estate going?
1: Oh gosh, that's such a big one. That's a loaded question for so many reasons. There's, I mean, there's the future of real estate for agents and what it looks like to be a broker, what it looks like to run a brokerage. I mean, that's changing dramatically. Um, I, I feel like the days of brokerages just having a huge um, brand and logo, but not doing a whole lot for their agents are kind of dying off. I feel like there's going to be more brokerages springing up um over the next, you know, 5 to 10 years that are like myself that are, you know, there's there's one managing broker with maybe 5 to 10 agents and there's somebody that's skilled in the center of it all doing a lot of stuff for their agents. I have a feeling that's going to start changing. Um I feel like I feel like the industry itself is destined for change. Um, if you're familiar with the, are you familiar with the danger report that NAR put out a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that report was huge and it doesn't get brought up enough anymore. But I mean, they spent a lot of time and money trying to figure out like what's, what's the threat to the real estate industry. And at the end of the whole thing, the number one threat by far was that there's just too many bad agents. Basically, anybody with the pulse that can take a test can get a license And so like in my, for instance, in in my city, there's over 4,000 licensed realtors in Colorado Springs. Um, We'll only do 1,500 or so transactions per month as a city in the summertime. In the wintertime, it's almost cut in half. We'll do eight or 900. So, I mean, we literally have three times more real estate agents than we have transactions. Um, That means there's a whole lot of people out there are just trying to figure this out. And according to NAR, that's one of the biggest threats to the industry. So I feel like like future real estate definitely has to have some more um, barrier to entry, I guess. Something has to change.
0: Yeah, we're seeing numbers when we look at MLS data from around the country that somewhere between 75 and 80 percent of all licensed real estate agents in the U S don't have a single listing at any one time.
1: Yeah. And that doesn't surprise me.
0: Uh, And if you think about it, I don't know how
1: it's going to change because every one of those licensed agents are most likely paying an NAR fee. So they're, they're supporting the system. So like the more, it it doesn't benefit NAR to come in and say, Hey, this is wrong. Let's fix it. They're going to have to take a big monetary hit. Or they're going to have to start charging agents twice as much who are in existence. But there, there's no, I mean, we, it's like we know what the problem is, but there's nobody saying, well, here's the solution. Because they know when you say, here's the solution, that's a whole lot of fees that don't get paid to MLSs. That's a whole lot of fees that don't get paid to NAR.
0: So thinking about on the tech side, what's some of the coolest technology you've seen either you, you and your team using or other agents using in the buying or selling process? I, I love that question because this is my favorite part of the industry. I love technology and I love the way things are changing and
1: moving. And um, uh, My favorite piece of technology, and it wasn't up until this last year, is uh, 3D tours. I, I love 3D tours. I feel like 3D tours, like Matterport tours, uh, mm-hmm. are going to change everything once it becomes normal. Um, I, I, I was very hesitant on 3D tours because I honestly don't really like Matterport that much uh, because I'm a photographer and quality is a big deal. And so I would see like somebody hire a photographer to come in they do these beautiful pictures of the house. and, and when you do pick photos, you're a photographer, you can edit it to your liking. but then you come in with the Matterport camera. And it scans the whole place and you don't get to edit any of that. And so like Matterport has this, everything has like a little bit of an orange tint to it and it's kind of grainy. And they've been trying to, they and they had, they've done a good job with the, the new Matterport camera of taking some of that out, but you still can't edit it. And uh, I found a company called real vision and I can use my DSLR camera and I can override the software in it and turn my camera into a 3d camera And then I can take it takes photos just like it does, just like you would to talk to take photos of a house. It's the same quality, but in a 3D tour and I can go and edit it later. And once I saw that, I thought, man, I'll bet this is going to take off. So I I signed up for it. I took about two or three weeks to learn how to do it. And then I showed it to my wife and and she's kind of like my my bar to determine whether something's going to work. And I said, Hey honey, uh, we're listening to this house. You got to check out this Matterport tour I did for it. Or I mean, this 3d tour I did from real vision and she looks at it and she won't stop looking at it. And she said, this is what everything is going to be like in the future. And I knew once she said that she's not a tech person, if it's hard, she's not going to do it. If it's, if you have to think about it, she's just going to be like, I'm bored. I don't want to mess with it. As soon as I saw her get sucked in, I knew like, this is, this is the future.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. We think, uh, some version of that, and then potentially probably with some sort of a, a virtual reality screen where people can look around a little bit easier before they actually go out to the house is, is definitely where it's it's starting to go.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's so, much, there's so much room for advancement when you get into it, like just the ability to maybe drop markers in places and say things about the house, you know? I mean, there's so many ideas that they're going to be able to implement into that technology. That over the next five years or so, I, I can't even imagine five to ten years from now, just having somebody take photos of my house and put it on the MLS. Like I feel like those days are numbered.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's definitely going to be a raising of the bar on uh, what's actually you know, table stakes to get to get a, a house sold. Yep, yep, for sure, it's coming. So if you could go back for when you first started in Houston, or I guess once you made the move to to Colorado and give yourself advice, knowing what you know today, what would you tell yourself?
1: I would tell myself to not listen to anything I was told in the first year or two. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I got into business and I started with one of the big guys and they're hardcore at recruiting. And so I got my license and I uh, got sucked into one of their offices and They flat out lied to me and said, yeah, 80% of the people who come through here end up making it. And I ended up in a class of like 30 people who are new. And within six months, there was like five of us left. Um, I would have avoided the whole like main highway of getting into real estate that everybody goes through. I would have just uh, found somebody who was doing it the way I would want to do it. Because I was told from the beginning, the Internet is not the way to get business. Uh, It's very risky. Um, referrals and old school tactics are basically the best way to do this. And if you're not, if you're going to do the internet, you need to first do this and use that as a secondary source. And uh, within about eight months, I was almost out of business and out of money. And I said, you know what, if I'm going out of business, I'm going to do it my way. So I went and I quit that company. I went to a flat fee company where they didn't charge me hardly anything per transaction. And they weren't telling me what to do. And then I started paying attention to online marketing and online, like kind of outside the real estate space, like what to do to get online business. And uh, that's kind of where everything took off for me. So I would have avoided that whole first year if I looking back on it.